Hi there. Welcome to episode 32 of Amateur Bartending for Immature People. I am Shannon. And I'm Greg. And this is the podcast where we're talking, thinking, making, and drinking some delicious cocktails. And uh, on this episode, I mean, coming up, uh, what do we got? We got uh, St. Patrick's Day on the horizon here. so uh, Perfect, perfect. Thought maybe we could do a little St. Patty's little St. Patty's celebration here in the studio. Maybe give folks something else to do besides green beer. Yeah. Please. Or any kind of green. Any green anything. Uh, colored stuff. Now, I thought maybe you guys might be interested in doing some Irish whiskey cocktails today. That sounds fantastic. Like maybe something with Jameson. Yes, exactly. I have lots of things with Jameson. But, of course, you could use any uh, single malt Irish whiskey that you have in the cupboard to make the drinks that we have today. We have two recipes today and a little bit of, you know, stuff, history, fun, facts, you know. That sounds pretty good. Where do you want to start? I say we just dive right in. Do you want to start with, like, what is going on with St. Patrick and his yeah, day? Yeah, St. Patrick's everything? Day, the legend of St. Patrick. Oh, and I want to uh, just get my sources out of the way yeah, right away. Absolutely. Um, Maxim, uh, liquor.com, the Spirits News, and Spruce Eats, and then, of course, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. So that's where I got my stuff. Um, all right, so the legend of St. Patrick. Now, I think you know a little bit about him. You know, I think most people are like, oh, yeah, he's in Ireland. There's it's something green. It's supposed to be something with the green and the snakes, et cetera. And shamrocks, all mm-hmm, that kind of exactly. stuff. Exactly. So I, had a, I found a little bit about the legend of St. Patrick's. The truth and lies of St. <laughs> Patrick's Day all are going to be revealed for you So St. Patrick, he was one of the most well-known, as you might guess, probably ever, uh, of the Iron Ireland's patron saints. But surprisingly, okay. he was not Irish. Did you know you that? You know, I think I had heard that one time before. I think I had heard that at some point. Yeah, he was born in England, um, but he was kidnapped from his house by pirates when he was 16 years old, and he was forced into slavery slavery in Ireland. Really? Yeah. I by you, Irish learned... pirates? Yes, and then he had to look after their animals. It's a weird, wow. <laughs> it's a weird okay. form of slavery, but there you go. Okay. Six years later, St. Patrick was able to escape and return to his home and his family in Great Britain, and then he decided to become a cleric, and eventually he became a bishop. Wow, that is a, what a strange and winding road he took. Would you ever have guessed pirates in no, this beginning no, of this story? No, I didn't think pirates would feature into the story of St. Patrick at all. You're already like way more excited about St. Patrick's Day now, I think. I think so. everyone out there is more excited now that they know pirates are involved. So uh, when he was back in England, he had a vision of the people of Ireland calling out to him all in one big voice saying, we appeal to you, holy servant boy, to come and walk among us. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So at the time, the Irish people were uh, polytheistic. Mm-hmm. Like, so like a mini-god yeah. system. Um, they had a lot system. of pagans. Mm-hmm. They were pagans, sure. essentially. Polytheistic, I think. Thank you. Uh, meaning that they had a lot of different gods and also some deities, right? So inspired sure. by inspired by his vision, St. Patrick returned to Ireland to bring Christianity to the people of Ireland. Yeah, there you have it. he studied that. One of the most popular legends, and this is probably one that most people kind of have known or have heard at some time, mm-hmm. was involving St. Patrick of him driving the snakes out of Ireland. I think that's like that the like the story in a can that most people hear about St. Patrick, I think is that driving the snakes out of 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 Ireland. But are there were there and are there snakes? Well, and also, you know, Ireland is is 
pretty far north, and it's surrounded by icy water. Seems awfully cold for uh, a uh, reptile like a snake. Yeah, it's a little hard for snakes to migrate to Ireland in the first place, right? So One would think, um, yes, one would think. It is more likely that the snakes in that legend refer to um, the paganism that oh, he drove out of Ireland. Driving that kind of religious element out. Yeah, bringing in oh, bringing okay. in the Christian faith instead, and the snakes and serpents are used in that faith as evil, uh, like you know, like Adam and Eve yep. story in the now snake I in the see. tree. Yeah, now okay. I see. So yeah, not actual snakes. <laughs> not, not, but I mean, it, uh, yeah. no actual snakes, but actual people, which is more sad. Or, or the or religion. They're, or they're kind of like original belief system. And you know, that's going to go, you know, got to look at it with the eyes of the time, the zeitgeist, right? That's right. So if you're a pagan, you're probably like, yeah, he's a bastard. Or if <laughs> you're a Christian, a you're like, wow, he's a miracle worker. So I mean, exactly. it just depends on your. It depends on how you sell it. Yeah. Um, but now we just think, oh, he's a saint of green beer. Um, He's or a saint Irish green whiskey. beer and fake uh, fake sideburns attached to a giant green hat. <laughs> I think that's a leprechaun. <laughs> well, that's what you see sometimes in the, uh, when so, you're out at night, late at night. On, on St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day. Day. You or see a early, lot of things. Or you see a lot of things late <laughs> at night on St. Patrick's Day. I've seen some super disturbing things. I've seen, yeah, that's in a whole other program. We went to Vegas once on St. Patrick's Day. We did. And we were down in it, downtown. It was there. It was a sight to be seen. That was fun. There was a lot of U2s down there, like as in U2 bands. Yeah, there was I like saw, five. I saw multiple Bonos. There was there many was, Bonos. I was went into a casino because I had to go to the bathroom, as you could possibly imagine, after being down there in on Las Patrick's Vegas Day. on St. Patrick's yeah. Day. Um, and I walked past, like I think there was a group of like four Bonos just waiting to go on stage when there was another full They're U2 just, like, on chilling stage. Out. There was. I was like, Jesus, look at all the Bonos. Uh, I think Ireland needs a couple more bands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Any, I, I mean, anyway. I like U2, so oh, it's yeah, okay. Nothing, I mean, it was a lot of Bonos. Against, I had a great time. Nothing but, against um, U2. Matter of fact, the one band we saw was amazing. Yeah, and then we saw those guys on the in the airplane in Phoenix or something. But mm-hmm. yeah. if, I, if I remember, Do you remember the name of that band? If I remember the name here later on in the program, I'll give them a shout out. Okay. Okay, so uh, speaking of drinking. Just remembered it. Elevation was the name of the U2 cover band, and they were amazing if you had a chance to see them. And if you guys are listening, we loved it. Yeah, it was super fun. All right, so uh, why do you think we drink on St. Patrick's Day? Just any excuse. <laughs> any excuse to drink. I mean, that's kind of like, that's. I would say that's what it is. Uh, is there a there, basis? There's kind of a reason, yeah. So St. Patrick's Day uh, first um, started in honor of St. Patrick, obviously, but on the anniversary of his death. Oh, okay. The Christians in Ireland held a great feast um, when, which... I'm gonna. I'm terrible at religion, so excuse me for this. But basically, this Lent. Re- this is not the religion podcast. Um, when during Lent, essentially, and re- alcohol restrictions were temporarily removed for this particular festival. Oh, okay. Which is why drinking has become synonymous with the holiday. Today, that tradition remains, and some Catholic people choose to cast aside Lent restriction just for St. Patrick's. Oh, Day. that's cool. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, as it obviously as years passed, uh, St. Patrick's Day became less about. St. Patrick, mm-hmm. and more about just general Irish traditions, culture, and history. And in the 1840s, the tradition reached America when thousands of Irish immigrants had come to America to escape the potato famine. Mm-hmm. And then that's when they started to hold like big St. Patrick's Day parades here in America. Sure. And since then, Any excuse us, to us party, Americans, yeah. we have embraced that holiday 
and uh, made all sorts of green beverages, um, which I protest against. But Exactly. <laughs> so hopefully that, that, that is a pretty good segue. Are we ready to sh- tell about the first drink we want to talk about, or are we going to move a little farther down the line before we do that? Uh, just one, one second. So the Clover, you have probably have seen the Shamrock. Sure. Um, that Once or is twice a, on St. Patrick's Yes, Day. that is um, a reference to, like, people wear green, and a lot of people think it's a reference to Ireland's hills mm-hmm. and general landscape, but it's not. It's the color of the shamrock. And that makes sense, too. And um, according to legend, St. Patrick used the three-leaf clovers as a teaching tool to illustrate the Holy Trinity, the sure. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's exactly right. And so people wear shamrocks on their clothes in honor of St. Patrick's Day, and that eventually turned to the tradition of eating and drinking green. Ha, ha, ha. Got it. Okay. Consumption so of the Now green. we know why we're going to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Let's make a drink. Let's do some, <laughs> let's give them some options here. So guys, this is going to be uh, something that you can pull out and it, like I said, won't be offensive like green beer. No, these are delicious. I'm, I'm a big fan of both of the drinks today. Absolutely. Um, not just for St. Patrick's Day, just kind of. In general. Mm-hmm. Um, the what, first drink actually first? is see, a really great a summertime one. St- I see a lot of stuff laid out here. This looks like it's going to be really good. So everybody, this is going to be a very complex assembly. Yes, I like this one. Yeah, it's, it's delicious too. This is called Irish Maid. The Irish Maid. M-A-I-D, okay. like yep. a, a lady. Exactly. And so what you're going to be pulling out on this is you're going to be getting a shaker. Okay, that's sitting here in front of me. Yep, and you're going to get your little muddler. Okay, here this? it is. Yep. Okay, so what we're going to start with is we're going to start with um, slicing up a cucumber. Okay, I have a pre-sliced and cucumber. Here. While you're out slicing your cucumber, you might as well like cut a lemon in half and start to juice a lemon too, exactly. just because you have the cutting board. So. Exactly. So we have all of that prepared here in front of us. i got my sliced cucumber. I've got my lemon juiced. That's right. The other things you might want to pull out, and I'll tell you here in a second um, what the ingredients are, but mm-hmm. you're going to want your Irish whiskey, mm-hmm. St. Germain, which is the elderflower liqueur, mm-hmm. and some simple syrup. And your go. lemon juice. So all of these things, cucumbers and yum. So kind of the fresh, ba- basic ingredients of a sour, sour kind mm-hmm. of almost, yeah. Exactly. So you're going to put a couple of slices of lemon, of le- uh, cucumber, God, sorry. <laughs> put a couple slices of Slice, cucumber. Slices of lumber. <laughs> lumber. <laughs> Whole nother episode. Yeah. Um, a lot of jokes just popped in my head, but I'm not going to say them. Okay, a couple okay. cucumber slices are in there. Yeah, so throw it in there, and then you're going to muddle that cucumber in the shaker. Okay, I'll go smash those. No ice, nothing, just dry shaker yeah. with some cucumbers and just squish them in there with the, your muddler. I'll go smash those off, off, uh, off mic. Okay, so then we have, um, okay, we're just going to do that, and then kind of juice it a little, you know. All right, now we're going to add some ice to the shaker. All right, I'm back, and yeah. uh, I'm ready to put some ice into the shaker. Yep, so we'll throw some ice in there, and we grab our little measuring utensil while you do that. Okay, that's my measurer. Okay, so we're going to do two ounces of Irish whiskey. We're going to use that Jameson. Here we it goes. Are. That's what we're using today. Two ounces in. And good. And then a half an ounce of St. Germain. St. Germain Smells really nice. St. Germain smells very nice. It's good. And it's it has a, a bit, beautiful bottle. Yeah, the bottle's nice, and the the liquid itself is just a little bit thick. I mean, it's not like syrupy, but it's just a little bit thicker, so it's kind of like very satisfying to pour. <laughs> it is. It's a nice liquid. Yeah. Then we're going to do three quarters of your fresh lemon juice. Okay. Three quarters of an ounce. Here we go. That is in there. And then you're going to do three quarters of an ounce of simple syrup. 
Okay, let me get that bottle. Okay. There you go. Okay, there we are. There it is. Okay, now go ahead and cap that off and let's like shake that up a little bit. Okay, we're going to take that over here and shake it. And while you do that, I'm going to grab a really fine strainer, like the conical mesh fine strainer, because there's a fresh lemon juice in there, which always has pulp. And then we also have a bunch of squished up cucumbers. Yeah. We definitely want a fine strain on this yeah, one. Yeah, and we, we just beat them all up with all that ice. So I have a rocks glass, and I, I put a couple ice cubes in it. And uh, all right, you're, you're good. So, okay, so hold that strainer out there, and I'll pour it through that. Okay, great. Well, that's working really well. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's a definitely a sour, has yeah. a sour color to it, that you know, like really a nice. lemon, lemony, boozy look to it. So we've poured it over another large chunk of ice that's in the rocks glass, so it's a nice presentation. Yeah, it's pretty. And then to garnish it, you're going to throw one of your cucumber slices in there from when you cut up your cucumber. Well, that looks really nice. And the nice part about the cucumber slice in there is when you drink it, you'll get that smell of cucumber first, but then you're going to get the lemon and the sour. And uh, it looks nice, too. It looks really nice in there. All right. Well. Let's give it a shot here. Let's do it. I like this drink. I made this last summer a couple times. Yeah. It's, I mean, not only is it going to be a drink for uh, you know an obvious St. Patrick's choice, but it definitely could be a summertime choice. Let's give this a try. Mm, that's so good. I oh, Make this one, you guys. I'm not even kidding. This is really worth it. Oh my goodness, that's that is really good. And it's got a touch of green in there, you know. I guess that's it. I guess I guess the, the cucumber is green. Definitely, when you bring this up to your, I'm having your, another sip. Yeah, like when you one. bring this up to your mouth, you definitely smell, you know, not only the cucumber that you have in there for garnish, but you're going to smell that uh, bit that you have uh, muddled in there. And the, the one muddled in, it's not overpowering though. No, it's not just, at all. Yeah. So you get more smell, but then you're going to get kind of the grass-like vegetal quality out of the taste. But then definitely there's the element of the, like a classic sour in there too. Really good, well-balanced, smooth, super smooth. Probably I would say not booze forward. No. I mean, it's more sour forward, but it's not sour. It's really approachable. Yeah, if you're somebody who likes maybe a little bit of a sweeter drink or um, you don't like a super boozy drink, mm -hmm. this would be the one of the two recipes today that I would yeah. highly, highly recommend. Um, I think everybody I know would probably love Love this. Yeah, this, this is like a cocktail. It's a it's a summertime sipper too because just kind of those flavors naturally are kind of a summertime kind of a flavor. I think that the kind of the natural kind of grass vegetal quality that you get out of having cucumber in there. Great, it's, great, yeah. delicious drink. It is a good drink. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this one. I really fantastic. I where do we really find like where do we find one. that recipe at? And um, that was on liquor dot com. Okay. And actually, I found it last year and I tried it on a summer day and uh, I was like, oh. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with this we'll one. keep that one in this, the bag. Yeah, so I was excited to uh, actually make it for the podcast. Uh, it's maybe one of the better sours I've had. Mm -hmm. so. and it, it doesn't lean too sour. Like, it's like, it's it's super approachable. Yeah. The balance is really, it's really well balanced. Oh, yeah, good hot day one. But, I mean, it's not hot right now, and I'm enjoying it mm -hmm. completely. That's nice. I, I would yep, make this for your friends. And it has some green in it. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's... Yeah. And it's not green. And like it's, it's not cheesy. green ex except for the cucumber <laughs> in there, and it's not terrible green. But now we have, uh, I would think there's probably the natural next question is, what information do we find out about this uh, Irish whiskey itself, as well as do we have any specific information about Jameson? I do have all of those things. I'm would, so glad would, that you asked. I can't wait to hear some of this stuff. Some interesting things about Jameson, actually, when we get to that. But um, Irish whiskey, if you remember from our whiskey episode, I think I, I mentioned this mm -hmm. We had a little slightly. We had a tiny aside about Irish whiskey in that. So Irish whiskey um, has a, the taste quality of it is a little bit lighter and fruitier 
um, and it has some cereal grain notes to it. The aging, um, it, it has to age for three years um, by Irish law. That's cool. The aging imparts um, an oakiness and a caramel. Do we know what it's, I imagine it's aged in some sort of oak barrel, new oak, or it probably Well, depends. let me tell you. Let me tell you all about it. Okay. So we've got, um, it's generally distilled from unmalted barley, though some may include malted barley. It just depends on the whiskey itself. And that simply means sprouted or unsprouted. Yep. Okay. Um, they use closed kilns, kilns, mm-hmm. hard word to say today, um, to dry the malt so it's only exposed to hot air and not to smoke. Ah, okay. Then their fermentation can include additional enzymes to prepare the starches for conversion to alcohol. Uh-huh. And then after that, it's distilled three times in copper pot stills. Okay. Um, some, particularly grain whiskeys, use continuous column stills, which if you've never seen one of those, look that up. It's a really yeah. weird yeah, you continu- uh, looking thing. You kind of continually feed those things and it just keeps producing alcohol. That's right. That's right. So, like I said, um, by Irish law, whiskeys have to be aged a minimum of three years in the barrels. And they can be new or previously used, <laughs> to your question, yeah. about the barrels. And once, and they're often once housed sherry, bourbon, or rum. Yum. Um, so, and when we get to depend- Jameson, I had an interesting fact about that. But yeah, it's probably just what, what the brand chooses to do. Uh, yeah. yeah, and also like where they're getting their, where they're getting their barrels. Sure. Um, let's see if I can. When we get to that, hopefully keep that in mind because I found okay. something put, put about. Put a pin in that, guys. We'll get there. Yeah, I think I found something that um, most. Oh, here. It was something about like most of the Jameson um, is in barrels that came from Kentucky. That's interesting note. Oh, here it is right here. So um, though some variants are housed in larger 500 liter casks previously used for production of Spanish sherry. Jameson's most wanted varietals, okay. uh, varieties typically mature in bourbon barrels imported from Kentucky. The reuse of these 200-liter oak casks benefits all involved as the U.S. federal law prohibits the use of anything other than virgin oak casks for production uh-huh. for American yeah. American bourbon. Yep. And the flavor of Jameson is largely due to nine or more years soaking in the one-off wood. Wow, that's cool. Ah, I could bring it all back together. That's cool, that's cool. <laughs> It is cool. I, I like this. Um, so we have, uh, let's see what else is there. Uh, da, 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 da. So I got sidetracked. I had to go to a different mm-hmm. note. Now That's I have to okay. lose my spot. Um, uh, da, da, da. Single malts are usually found in the premium range. Irish whiskeys are typically bottled at 40% alcohol. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. And then there's a lot of them who are also uh, in today's Irish whiskeys that are trying to defy some of the regular production norms and they're like trying to experiment a little bit more now. They didn't traditionally do that. So Sure, sure, sure. You know, like any craft. I feel like any craft place kind of does that anymore. So like uh, like that rye that we had that was in the Madeira or... Right, you know. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think people are experimenting with all kinds of things. So um, the Irish whiskey is one of Europe's Earliest distilled beverages. The first record dated back to 1405. Oh my gosh, they've been doing it a while, I would think, you know. They did it 90 years before it was recorded in Scotland. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, the exact origin of whiskey was uh, pretty widely debated. 
mm-hmm. but they had suggested that the Irish monks may have picked up the skills of distilling perfumes while they were on the tr- on trips to the Mediterranean during okay. the 11th century. Okay. And then they kind of turned it around into uh, using those skills to create whiskey. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, just like this. The producing Irish whiskey evolved from local pastimes into an industry in 1608 when Northern Ireland's old Bushmills distillery, mm-hmm. which still in you can still they, buy Bushmills. At least the name is still available, yeah. It became the world's first licensed whiskey distiller. Really? In 1608. Bushmills. Yep. Okay. Yep, yep still there. The you can go visit and do tours and that's cool. Mm, that sounds fun. <laughs> Send us tickets. We will come. Um, in 1823, Dublin was the home to the five largest licensed distilleries in Ireland. And at their peak, the distilleries in Dublin were the largest in the world with a combined output of almost 10 million gallons a year. Oh, my gosh. That was a while ago. That's a lot of whiskey. However, so by the 20th century, um, well, most of it was widely consumed in the United States. As one would imagine. But you know all the horrible things that happened in the early part of the 20th century. Yeah, we shiver. Irish, Irish War of Independence and Prohibition in the United States basically killed, almost killed, the whiskey industry oh in gosh. Ireland. And um, it went into a huge decline, only leaving a couple distilleries open. But in 1966, John Jameson, Jameson, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Merged his business um, with Cork Distillers and John Powers, forming the umbrella business called the Irish Distillers Group. Okay. And then they started, like after Prohibition and everything, they started to be able to revive. Ah, okay. And uh, now Irish whiskey has soared in popularity. Sure. And every year is like one of the fastest growing um, alcohols. Right. I mean, I think everyone knows the names Bushmills and Jameson, and there's probably a few others that are coming up too. There's that teeling. Yeah, teeling. Um, I mean, now there's a, now there's a lot of like new independent distilleries sure, all over sure. Ireland, and then like I think there's I read somewhere they have like a hundred licenses for next year. Oh my gosh! Like in in process. Wow! So, wow! Yeah, it's made a comeback, but yeah, um, amazing how it almost died out. I mean, it was that's down crazy. to like hardly anybody making it at the time. All right, so that's uh, that's I'm amazing. gonna have a sip. Yeah, I'm sure. And what's interesting about uh, any time there is kind of a renaissance of any sort of uh, spirit like this, I mean, just start slotting it in in your brain to every drink that you make with, uh, let's say, like a rye whiskey. Now think, okay, I have all these drinks. Now I can <laughs> do them all with, you know, an Irish whiskey. Yeah. You know, even even Jameson or, you know, whatever you, you seem to, you know, you happen to have in your cupboard. Just give it a try because you're going to come up with something that may be very amazing. Some of these, like even scotch or you know any of those yeah. kind of things, they really yeah. they make the drink very different. But a lot of the ingredients yeah, try help bl- kind of try a that. blood and sand with Jameson and see how that goes. You know that that would be a very interesting flavor. I always think I think it's really interesting when we've been doing these podcasts when we get into history of alcohol, mm-hmm. how much prohibition hurt the industry, not just in the United States. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, the United States, it, I mean, even like today, I think the United States is a big consumer for a lot of different goods. So when we stop consuming, that's yeah. you know, it affects the entire world. Absolutely. So that's a, a little bit of Irish, Irish whiskey. Uh, Irish whiskey history. And of course, then there's, you know, some drinks have become really popular. Um, some of the things like Irish coffee. Sure. And, Gosh, yeah. You know, um, I think 
it's just synonymous synonymous mm-hmm. with uh, mm-hmm. with Irish whiskey and um, I know for sure we've just gone and had shots of Jameson with beers. <laughs> Absolutely. When you're gonna have a Guinness and you're gonna have a uh, some Jameson with it, some Jameson, right? That's right. So um, so Jameson, the reason we keep talking about it is first is super readily available everywhere. Right. Everyone probably everyone listening to this podcast probably has had their fair share of Jameson Irish whiskey. And it's pretty good. I mean, it's not. It's. I don't know if it's the best in Ireland. I. I kind of doubt it, but. Um, it's good and it it's easy to mix and it sure it is and it makes good cocktails and, and it's I, good on its own and, and it's, it's good with a beer and it's twenty bucks as opposed to forty bucks exactly. so that helps yeah. too. Um, and it's also been around for a long time. You know, it it really is you know ingrained into the Irish society. So sure, yeah. Um, it's not like we're just buying something cheap like a Budweiser or something. You know, like <laughs> we would have here. <laughs> So I have some fun um, Jameson facts, but I kind of wonder if we should maybe make our next drink. Yeah, let's do that. I've got all the stuff here in front of me. I see I see a lot of different ingredients. This one looks a little more simple, a little more quick. Yeah, this one's super fast, and uh, and it's a little boozier, uh, just a FYI. So this is going to be Which, more kind of the Manhattan style uh, with a kind of spirit-forward taste to it. Exactly. Yeah, I would. Yeah. So if you're a fan of like Manhattan style spirit forward drinks, this is probably going to be the one you're going to go to more than the Irish made. That's right. This one's called Luck of the Irish. Perfect. And I found this on liquor.com. And I actually have to credit um, John O'Connell of West Cork Distillers in Cork, Ireland. I'm sure he used their own whiskey, but we're using this one. We're going to use Jameson. (laughs) So, um, Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pull out a mixing glass okay. and put some ice in it. All right, here we go. And this, again, is going to go in another rocks glass. Okay. And, uh, all right, you're ready? So we're going to do ready. an ounce of Irish whiskey. Okay, here's that going in. And then one ounce of sweet vermouth. And we're going to use, which sweet vermouth do we? I think you use Nolly Pratt, Yeah, I've got the, I'll use that Nolly Pratt right here. And you could use either one or anything you've got, but we're going to use Nolly Pratt. Here it goes in there. And then the original recipe said one ounce of green chartreuse, mm-hmm. but I we made it the other night to test it, and I thought it was a little. We both thought it was a little too chartreuse forward, so right. we actually backed that off to three quarters of an ounce today. Yeah, we felt it masked the uh, the kind of like the flavor that was going to come through from the uh, kind of the, the character of the uh, of the Jameson Irish whiskey. It like you didn't you weren't able to like get that kind of like characteristic out so it tasted more just like chartreuse it was very chartreuse forward and i mean it still was it still tasted good but uh, you know you can go either way if you want it to be a little more you know spirit forward where you can really kind of get that jameson flavor through go with the three quarters of an ounce of the uh of chartreuse anyway okay so go ahead and add that and then could you please just stir that and i'm gonna get some ice in this rocks glass Uh, Stirring that up. Pop some ice cubes in there. All right, and just strain it in there, please. All righty, so we've got, uh, so we've stirred it with ice and we're going to pour it into a rocks glass over ice. And I'm just going to use a Hawthorne strainer. There you go. Hold back that crushed ice. Just get the ice in there. Yeah. And it's brown. It's brown. It looks, (laughs) it looks right. It's, you know, you've got your kind of like. We don't have any um, garnish for this. This is just the way it. It's just like this. Right, and it looks right. I mean, you got your nice brown, kind of yeah. caramel color, brown. It smells good. Liquid, big chunk of ice, rocks glass. It just looks nice. It give it a, give it a try and see what you think. It smells good. There. I can't really smell the chartreuse in there, but 
yeah, chartreuse, you know, it definitely has its own flavor. And uh, in this drink, it definitely, you know, adds to the little bit of something that comes through with the Irish uh, really like that. Irish whiskey. Okay. Very different drink than the first one, which is always fun. I, that's my favorite part of this, of doing this, is trying to find two drinks that are completely different. But Yeah, the chartreuse. That's a better balance than it yeah. was yesterday. The chartreuse kind of comes in with like kind of that strange kind of herby sweetness that it mm-hmm. has, but then it like lets kind of like on the back of your palate, then lets that kind of whiskey. Almost like f- a caramel whiskey note. The whiskey yeah. come through, the uh, Jameson whiskey flavor kind of come through. Just a hint of it comes through. So, yeah. If, if you're a whiskey drinker, you know, if you really like just drinking whiskey, I think right. you're going to really enjoy it. Super, super approachable. Actually, both of these drinks are super approachable. I mean, even for somebody, you know, who's just coming to your party and they, I don't know if I want something and they could, they could drink these and and be happy. Yeah. I like, I like them both. So just a couple, couple fun, couple fun, uh, Jameson facts since it's in our glass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the founder, he was actually a Scotsman. So, uh, oh. Well, you know, I mean, who I cares? Know. It's still, he was it's a lawyer. Yeah. He was a lawyer. He was born in Scotland in 1740. It's a old. This is an old distillery. Mm-hmm. He went on to uh, get married to Margaret Haig, whose cousins established the Dublin's um, Bow Street Distillery in 1780. Really, and that's the use of the number that's on the brand's label. Really? Yep. I wonder, you know, I always like to look at the, kind of the packaging that this kind of stuff comes in, because that's half the fun, too, is like getting the packaging, looking at the packaging and reading the packaging. And, you know, because somebody spent a lot of time on this stuff and it's it's fun to find out the facts. It's fun to like there. dig around into it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so that's where Absolutely. that number comes from. And he was initially hired by his new wife's family as a general manager of that distillery. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. And then, um, okay, so now... It's just a bunch of facts. There's nothing that's going to be in any kind of order it's here. It's <laughs> rapid fire facts of Jameson. Jameson is the best-selling Irish whiskey in the world. Not surprised. And it says it's not even really close. There's 31 million bottles sold every year, and Jameson counts for more than 70% of all Irish whiskey sold in the United States. Probably followed by Bushmills after that, I would imagine. I don't know what's the second one. We don't, no one knows about number two. That's why it's well, good to be I number got this, one. I got this about this whole thing about... From, Jameson. from Jameson's so, website. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't think they're going to tell you that. <laughs> they probably won't, yeah. <laughs> so then they said, um, yeah, uh, about 90% of the 4.7 million cases of Jameson produced are exported around the world. I mean, it's a pretty... I wouldn't they're doubt ex- it. They're exporting as a large business for them. I wouldn't doubt it. Um, but before 1968, you had to buy the whole cask. Really? You couldn't buy it by the bottle. Really? No. Nope. So that's um, interesting. You can still buy casks, it says, but they're considerably more difficult to fit into your house. <laughs> I would think so. But if you would send me one, Jameson, wouldn't that be fun? I would find a place I'd like for to that tap cask. A cask and put it in my basement. I would find a place for the cask if <laughs> Jameson was finished. Can you believe that? Down to 1968. That's a, that is kind of recent history. I would find honestly. a place for that cask. Um, Irish whiskey used to have a bad reputation, by the way. Uh oh. Um, a lot of damage was done to the reputation of Irish whiskey during American Prohibition. Sure. Again, freaking Prohibition. And prohibition. You know, and back then, too, there was a lot of prejudice and stuff going on, so probably didn't help. Well, the market was cut off, and then the moonshiners began to peddle their Crap. garbage as, genu- their, as genuine. Their crappy rocket fuel and yeah. 
paint thinner as booze. And it hurt the industry um, yeah. a lot because, you know, Jameson doesn't make you go blind in general. Yeah. Like uh, It's actually moonshine. grain alcohol, not wood-based <laughs> alcohol, yeah. So, you know, they were like kind of disguising their horrible moonshine as, uh, yeah, as I think w- Irish whiskey. I think we've pointed out some of the things that they were doing during a Prohibition in our Prohibition episode. Oh, no, we did that episode that was about going to Vegas. I think we went to the Mob Museum. We mentioned more than one. We had a Prohibition episode, too, I think, that we had, and it was talking a lot about the crazy additives they put in there to make it taste like some other whiskey, and it was was terrible. Yeah, just just terrible. Basically poison. Literally poison. So, um, but the world's biggest server of, this is fun, the world's biggest server of Jameson used to be a bar in Minnesota called The Local. For real. Yes. And it was held, let's see, it's an Irish pub in Minneapolis. Really? And it was officially declared as Jameson's biggest server between 2005 and 2009, selling 25 bottles every day. Holy smoking rockets. <laughs> Rock and roll's alive and he lives in Minneapolis. That is a lot. 25 a day? I don't know how regular, I don't know how many... Bottles wow. of anything bars go through. I'd yeah, be curious I don't know to know that. About, I don't know that enough about excessive. it. So yeah, that seems like a lot. This is fun. John Jameson was famed inventor's Guglielmo Marconi's grandfather. He's the one who okay. invented the um, radio transmission. Really? Yeah. So the founder wasn't just a legendary uh, whiskey distiller. He... I think it was his like great, I can't sure I find what it was. I think it was like his great grandson or something like that. Kind of runs runs in the family. A lot of good good uh, inventions. Um, yeah, invented um, radio transmission. Amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> I don't think it had anything. To, well, I don't know. You never know. Maybe I mean, made the money yeah. from the distillery helped. Like I don't know. Right. Um. All the barley that's used to make Jameson is locally sourced within oh, 50 cool. miles of the distillery. And really? I think that's really cool. That yep. is cool. And then the byproduct left over from the whiskey has been refer- uh, repurposed to feed local cattle, so it's completely sustainable, totally eco-friendly, and you can feel good about that next time you order a bunch of uh, cocktails. So, guys, when you're going this, uh, hopefully you go sometime this week before the... the uh, St. Patrick's Day, and you go out and you buy your bottle of Jameson, you can feel good about it because it's completely naturally and fully sustained. I have a bunch of other stuff. One more thing. I'm just going to do one more thing because I yep. feel like our time I think, is I getting pretty time, long. I think we're getting close to the time um, here. But, you know, you're talking about things that are on the bottle, and it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the motto of the brand's coat of arm has, a, has, this, has this meeting. Meaning, sorry. If you squint, you can see a tiny banner below the Jameson label shield. Okay. And the symbol says, Sin Metu, which means without fear. The Jameson oh, cool. family was granted the motto for the bravery battling pirates in the 1500s. Back to the <laughs> right? pirates. Back to the pirate thing. That's pretty cool. Like what a great... Pirate stuff. Well done. You've circled it all the way back to the pirate thing for uh, St. Patrick. What a... You've completed the circle. You didn't expect this Irish pirate pirate, story. I didn't expect the Irish pirate connection here. Shan, these cocktails are fantastic. If people want to see pictures of these and also find the recipes, give them uh, a place to go to find this stuff. You can find the recipes and the pictures on Instagram at amateurbartending4. 
and that's you can just look this up and it'll just pop right up and there will be our pictures uh for immature sorry exactly yeah. so amateur bartending number four immature on instagram you're going to find these pictures of these drinks that shan just made for us as well as the recipes down to the how much to add etc cetera, etc cetera, and a bunch more stuff from that's all right. the podcast plus extra bonus things on there it's it's and you huge can message now. us through instagram or you could if you want greg brought this up last time and i was like oh then maybe we should start adding this in there we should probably tell um, people you can also email us if you'd like to at ab4ip at yahoo.com that's ab4ip at yahoo.com we'd love to hear from you the pictures we've seen of people's drinks they've made at home look really good we'd love to hear what you think about the episodes what episodes you've liked what else you would like to hear us talk about. Uh, just anything, you know, that you want to think about. Any and ideas? Oh, and I just wanted to I just wanted to mention something. Um, a couple of episodes ago, we had mentioned that we were going to head to Italy um, for an Amaro tasting. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, our trip to Italy was canceled because of the coronavirus scare over mm-hmm. there. And uh, we do have plans to re- reconnect and Absolutely. to uh, replan our trip. But um, we're hoping and keeping our fingers crossed for everyone's health in those areas. Absolutely. Kind of our thoughts and prayers for sure go out to these folks in these countries where, you know, we're probably not the only ones that had a trip that they ended up not going on. And you can imagine the places that really rely on tourism as like a a big part of their income. And, you know, we felt bad about it because uh, we knew that we were taking this money away from them. And uh, we know that we're not the only ones. And. I'm hoping it, to reinvest. <laughs> absolutely. We're definitely going to reinvest. So if anyone else is out there and they've had to cancel the trip and, you know, they're feeling the same way, you know, we're right there with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, anybody who's in those countries who we have, uh, you know, that usually get a lot of tourists, we're coming back. Don't you worry. Yep. We are coming back. But everybody, please wash your hands. Use hand sanitizer. It's going to be as easy as that, guys. Yep. Just wash your hands. Don't put your fingers in your mouth. And uh, we're going to make it through this. That's so. right. That's a great way to end this thing, Shan. Do because we, you know how, do you, uh, hopefully we're not murdering this, but you know how you say cheers in Irish, Greg? Slansha. Slansha. And you know what that means? What does it mean? Health. To everyone out there listening, everyone that's uh, enjoying their St. Patrick's Day and everyone that maybe isn't enjoying their St. Patrick's Day because there's maybe some tough times. Slansha. Slansha. Health, everyone. Cheers, Shan. Cheers.